0: Welcome to I Have HIV, a podcast dedicated for people living with HIV, their friends and family. A pause impact in an Antonio T. Smith Jr. production. Welcome to I Have HIV. I
1: am damaged, damaged to speak. We lie.
2: We are currently still living in a pandemic with HIV. HIV has not gone anywhere since the '80s, and we have to bring it to the front. We need to reach zero new transmission, and the only de- and the only way that we'll be able to achieve this is by bringing it back to the forefront of um, the community and and bringing it to bringing different voices of the community and making sure that this this while this disease is very manage- manageable. And it's not curable. So what we need to do is we need to prevent it from happening. And there's several new drugs that are out there. And we're going to be talking about what PrEP is, what um, all these um, different medications that are out there now that you can control, you can take it to prevent 99%. um, You will basically have a 99% um, chance of not getting HIV. It's effectiveness is ninety nine point nine percent. And so nothing in life is more than ninety nine percent. And so I am I am living with HIV is very important because right now no one's talking about what HIV is. And no one's really discussing yes, we know that it's out there. Yes we know that there's that our black and brown brothers and sisters are dying from this. Our trans community is affected, our LGBT people more affected, you know. We have to bring back the conversation to the community and have the community be involved in the conversation.
3: Joining us for another episode of Politics and the People. Tonight we are going to have a special show. I felt it was time to go ahead and start this conversation, so here we are. I have three amazing gentlemen with me tonight, and we're going to talk about the LGBT community. To my immediate, well far left, we got the president of the GLBT Caucus, Mike Webb. Mike Thanks for joining us. To, right next to uh, Mr. Webb there, we have Mo Cortez, who is the co-founder of the Houston Intersex Society. And to my immediate left is my buddy Josh Micah, who is an activist and also the Okay. Yep. Yes. So we're gonna have a conversation tonight to hopefully engage and help others to understand the needs of the community and what we can do to help and open our minds up to the idea of we're all human beings. So that being said, Mike, tell us a little bit about the GLBT Caucus.
4: Here. Absolutely. So I'm Mike Webby, president of the GLBT Global Caucus. You can quickly find out more information about us at www.thecaucus.org. And we're the longest and largest in rights organizations in the entire South uh, that focus mostly on education and advocacy around key issues that impact the LGBTQ community. Now, what I love most about the caucus is it's a membership-driven and volunteer-driven organization, which means I have a lot of people telling me what to do all the time. Uh, And at the moment, over 700 people, which is the largest membership we've ever had in our entire history. Uh, So naturally, we are going through some beautiful growing pains at the moment. But uh, what is significant about that is we've in addition to fighting for, to make sure that we have equal protections from our government, et cetera, that we're also joining movements like the Black Lives Matter movement and the immigration reform movement. Uh, and I could talk all day long about the caucus, of course. But ultimately, we're a membership driven
3: organization passionate about the civil rights of all citizens. Awesome. All right, Mo, tell us a little bit about yourself and the Houston U.S.A. Society. Okay, well,
0: um, I can be here forever, but <laughs> I'll give you the uh, I'm actually yeah, I used to transplant. So I moved here in 2000 and, what, 2003, uh, But it was around I want to say maybe two thousand and twelve. I I was on Facebook and I saw a little thing that said people you might know, and I had my friend there Kuma, which I knew through uh, through through Hatch like a long time ago, a long time ago. So there was somebody who I had sat beside me you know, every single Friday for this for this after school program uh, that I sat beside and never knew the other person was intersex. So. Uh, I reached out to him that day, uh, and we actually founded that very day in 2012, the Houston Intersex Society. Uh, we founded it as a as a peer support organization to let people know that they're not alone and that they have uh, resources and people there to, to care for them. But we did that for about a year, a year and a half of having weekly weekly meetings, but people didn't want to show up. They just wanted to talk about their story and just go ahead and move on without going on the business. But so we eventually uh, ended up evolving to uh, organization, so we do a lot of advocacy work, education, and outside of the use of intersex society, we've done a little bit of a policy. But that's a uh, that's a different arena, but we're pretty much uh, an advocacy support
3: organization. So real quick, just for those people that may not know what it is, can you define intersex? Yeah. For yeah.
0: So that that's all I, w- I always should do that. <laughs> <way>. <laughs> so intersex, most people aren't familiar with what that is. It's whenever someone's born with an anatomical chromosomal. Sometimes they're not born with ovaries. Sometimes they're born with uh, um, maybe even like micro or things like that. Just different, different varieties. And uh, the frequency of these births are it's what's, what's, what, um, a conservative number that's thrown out there is like one out of every two thousand births is intersex. So what that looks like
3: is like twins.
0: They're about as common as twins.
3: So. Josh.
5: Uh, so I started positive Impact because um, I'm actually a Project Leap graduate through uh, the Houston, um, Ryan White Planning Council. And so if people are not familiar with the Project Leap, it's a seventeen week intense course that you take for seventeen weeks, and they teach you about HIV in Houston, you know, specifically. And um, as somebody living with HIV, um, I've, I I. Really, after I got diagnosed, I really found a lot more information. But I was surprised that this had been in existence for a very long time. And really, the information is really not out there. And so, part of that, I, I one of my guest speakers was Benita. And um, a lot of people know her, but she's uh, an amazing person. And she just came in and she just delivered a speech. You know, follow your lane. Everybody has an activist lane. Um, you don't have to and be the one getting arrested, but you can be the one providing sandwiches, you can be the one giving money to bail these people out, you can be in the background providing legal services, you can be in the background organizing, like it takes a lot of people to do this. movement, And um, I was like, wow, this is actually, this. Is, this I want to do something more as an activist, I want to make sure that people are aware of what's happening in Houston, because Houston does have an epidemic. It's really out of, We are currently number 12 in the nation. Houston is the nation for the HIV infections and diagnosis, I should say. But um, being that said, so positive impact started. I didn't realize there was nothing out there media-wise to talk about HIV for people who are living with HIV can have a resource to kind of guide them through it, as well as to talk about what's happening in Houston regarding the HIV and regarding services that they're available to have for free if they're not available to afford it. You know, there's so many different options. So I started pausing back as a nonprofit to help um, people, other people in with HIV, the friends and more into that and I'm, I'm very <laughs> passionate about you know making sure that people know about prevention as well as treatment as prevention.
3: You know like we, can tell. we appreciate you sharing it with us so what I want to do because this episode needs to be informative so I'm gonna ask you guys so for you guys out there we have three different perspectives right we have someone that represents more of recognize us we're here type um, of post and we have to be realistic about the the amount of uh, new infections of HIV and the availability of medications that are affordable and so we're going to talk about all those things Um, so let's talk about this first so in Houston there is a We have one of the largest
4: LGBTQ communities in the entire nation. which is one of the reasons why we're in the uh, the bid or we're competitive now to host World Pride. Uh, World Pride is considering Houston as its next destination for twenty twenty three. thanks to pride.
3: Somebody was the Grand Marshal. Of yeah. Of this last, this year's parade. Wasn't yeah. Who um, was that? I happened, I happened to be one of the many awesome Grand Marshals this year. I was the gender
0: non-binary Grand Marshal. Was, uh, you.
3: you were something, too. I was
0: that Grand Marshal of uh, Pride.
3: Yeah. Well, explain to us what that meant to you. like Because what we're talking about is is something that a lot of people may not truly understand, yeah. of, of how important that is to, to the Pride Parade and, and just the openness now of being able to celebrate uh, who we are. Yes, openly. absolutely. Uh, uh, so just a little bit of context, and I'm trying to make very quick. I grew up right
4: here in Houston Third Ward. Uh, right, actually right off of sophomore in 2 Uh unfortunately, uh, like so many of us who grew up or who are part of the LGBTQ community, we I did not have a home that was accepting of who I who I am. Um, and so therefore the only time that I could personally be free and celebrate who I was was when I snuck out the house and able to go to pride. And so pride was very, very, very special. It was at once a year, that one time a year that I can just be me without stigma, without discrimination, without feeling like I was letting my parents down. Uh, and so when Pride, and uh, when the community, that it was.
3: So one, we
4: have always existed. So I don't want people to. I've heard commentary that that didn't exist till uh, Obama got into office. He just changed everything. And, you know, blame everything on, on Obama even after he uh he's not in office. Uh, that's typical white people stuff. Anyways, so, um, I can say stuff like that on here, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got diagnosed um, two years ago. Actually, will be yeah two years ago. I got diagnosed in April. And um, it's been, it was a life changing. First, I was, I, I shouldn't be alive today if, if it was for, if it wasn't for the drugs and the medication and knowing your status is so important because I didn't have to suffer this. My T-cell count was um, at 10 when I first got diagnosed, which is like zero is the lowest and 800 is the highest and I'm at a 10. And so that tells you that I was so sick and so... Knowing your status, and that's because I was afraid, as well, too, to know my own status, and that's what I want to. That's the whole reason why for this podcast is to bring more awareness about knowing your status and knowing that HIV is not a death sentence, but um, we do have to control it. And so U equals U, undetectable equals untransmittable. So once you on a on a regimen, you become untransmitted, You can't pass it to anybody else. But how do you know that you can't pass it? Or how do you know that you're HIV um, negative is by continuing taking blood tests every three months. So going to your doctor, if you're sexually active, continue taking PrEP or ask about PrEP to your physician if that's um, something that you're interested in. It does help for people who like to have um, natural sex. And you know, it, the, there's people who are out there who, who, who want this. And, so we have the opportunity to be able to and um, have frank conversations with people who are currently taking PrEP, people who have been a long time HIV positive, who have been living it for 30 plus years, 20 plus years. We wanna you know, bring the conversation back to the community. We wanna be able to make sure that the community knows that HIV doesn't have a face; it's all of us.
1: My name is Antonio T. Smith Jr. and 2005, I had a close family member die to HIV, and I, to be honest with you, I'm still probably not even supposed to know it. Uh, In fact, the only reason I know it is because an angry family member said it in anger, and it slipped out, and that's how I found out. And that's why I'm so passionate about this podcast because I'm tired of people like me, family who would support and who would have loved on my cousin. She died alone. She died in the hospital bed completely alone because I didn't know. And because I was too busy playing basketball than being with my cousin. And I'm very passionate about what Josh Michael does. He wants to change the world. And I hope all of you uh, contact him. And that's why I'm so extremely passionate about this podcast. But I suffer every day that I let my cousin die alone because... 2005 made me an ally, but I shouldn't have to go through death like that to become an ally. All of us should be allies. That's my story, and that's why Josh is doing this podcast, and that's why we're here
2: a minefield in my mind and I'm headed for destruction
3: me, mama tell me it's alright all right. before I turn to nothing